Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time for Focus. Today, we're talking uh, with a group that's doing a lot of good in our community all year long, and we're talking with Amy Kazi, the Senior Manager of Innovation and Nutrition with Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So there are a lot of different months to celebrate, a lot of different things, like there's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, there's Nutrition Month, I think that's in March or something, but Second Harvest Food Bank is trying to make every month Nutrition Month. Do I have that correct, Amy? That's correct. First of all, tell us what you feel that most people think when they think about Second Harvest, and then let's lead into really the nutrition part of what they're doing. Absolutely. So Second Harvest Food Bank, we are one of the Feeding America food banks. So we're a part of the Feeding America network of over 200 food banks across the United States. So our food bank covers 46 counties throughout Middle and West Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And in every single county, we have at least one partner agency, which is an existing organization with a food pantry or some kind of food distribution. Ah that we will provide food to, to then give to neighbors in our community that are struggling with food insecurity. And so oftentimes people may think that the food bank only provides shelf-stable items, which we do provide shelf-stable items. Like beans and rice and things like that. Exactly, exactly. Or canned goods, which are really, really important and very nutritious But we also provide important fresh foods and fresh meats and dairy, just so we're being cognizant of the nutrition needs of our community. Okay. And so there is the nutritional needs Mm -hmm. being met with Second Harvest Food Bank. Exactly. So what are the nutritional needs that were not being met or might not be met with just the shelf-stable items, the canned goods and the rice and the beans and things like that? Yeah, so one misconception I actually do want to clear up is that, you know, sometimes shelf-stable items are deemed as not being as healthy as fresh produce or the fresh versions of those items. But oftentimes certain neighbors may only have access to shelf-stable items like canned green beans or dried beans, things like that. But that doesn't take away from the nutrition value of those foods. Mm -hmm. However, as the food bank, we also realize that everybody has the right to have access to fresh foods. And so fresh foods, you know, those are fruits and vegetables, it's dairy, it's meats and different proteins like that. And so although we do not want to take away from the fact that canned green beans are very nutritious, we also don't want to ignore the fact that you know, people living in food deserts or people who may be low income, they're not getting access to those fresh foods, whether it's an access issue or an income issue. Mm -hmm. So as the food bank, we're just remaining cognizant of that. How do you get the fresh foods into Second Harvest? Where does that come from? Yeah. So right now we have our Farm to Families program going on. We have received some money from the state that was provided to all of the food banks across Tennessee, and we are sourcing foods from local farmers and connecting those foods to partner agencies. So the various organizations that we provide food to throughout our service area. And March was the month of Ramadan. So our Farm to Families coordinator partnered with a local farm, and sourced halal lamb from them. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was really exciting. We provided that to a partner agency that 
serves a high number of Muslim individuals so that they have some halal meat during the month of Ramadan. Do you serve specifically, do you help specifically other groups like that, like uh, um, people with small kids or people who are elderly, things like that? Absolutely. So our partner agencies, they serve a variety of people. And our programs, they also serve a variety of people across the lifespan. And so, yes, we we serve anyone from any walk of life, anybody who's struggling with hunger, because hunger does not discriminate. Anybody sure. can struggle with hunger. And right. so... We're here to provide that nourishment to the community in times of need. Are there specific boxes that you put together for different agencies or do you just kind of have like a, a one size fits all and they figure out how to distribute it differently? How does that work? It's like it all yeah. just does a lot of extra steps to make sure that the right sure, food gets out sure. to, to needs so, it. Our, our partner agencies, they are independent organizations. They are organizations that source food from us. So mm -hmm. they will buy these foods in case quantities and set those up in however they choose. So some may assemble boxes themselves. Some may allow neighbors to come in and choose their own foods. Mm -hmm. So we like to ensure that our partner agencies have some level of choice over the foods that they order okay so that we're not only providing boxes of food that are assembled we never want to come across as the expert of the community that the food is going out to yeah, here you go this is what we think you want exactly exactly so Good. choice to us is very important whether it's at the partner agency level or at the client level so that people are assembling their own boxes and taking home food that they know they're going to eat and they will be able to eat based on various health needs or cultural preferences yeah. or allergies, things like that. So choice is very important to us. So Amy, a few minutes ago, you mentioned the fact that it's important not only to give people the shelf-stable food, the canned goods and the dried foods, but also that it's important that they have access, possibly in a food desert, to the produce and the fresh vegetables. How do you manage to do that? How does that work? Absolutely. So first, mobile pantries. These are large-scale distributions that you'll often see on TV where cars are lined up and people are putting boxes of food into the trunks of cars. Mm -hmm. And so at our mobile pantries, they are primarily fresh produce in addition to certain pantry staples. Oh, okay. So that is one way that we get fresh food out to the community. Second is our Farm to Families program, which we've received funding from the state for. We have an incredible Farm to Families coordinator that is building these relationships with different farmers across our 46 county service area and sourcing foods from those partners or from the farmers and then connecting those foods to partner agencies in that county. Oh, it's like I know this farmer here who has mm -hmm. plenty of this. Yes. And we're going to turn this agency on to it so you yes. can help your people get it. Exactly. Okay. But the unique thing about this program is it's focused on helping marginalized farmers or socially disadvantaged farmers. And so a lot of the funds are going to BIPOC farmers or women-owned farms. So black indigenous people of color farmers. Oh, okay. Or women-owned farms so that we're disproportionately allocating our funds 
or the state's funds in a way where we can lift people out of poverty and really invest in communities that have been historically underserved. That's amazing. I like that thought process, lifting everybody up. Exactly, exactly. Win, 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 win Mm -hmm. situation. Okay. And you mentioned the the mobile pantries Mm -hmm. and uh, produce boxes. Produce boxes. So this was started back in COVID, and we've continued it going because, again, we know shelf-stable items are important, but we also understand that everybody has the right to access Mm -hmm. fresh, nutritious foods. So partner agencies can source these partners these produce boxes from us Mm -hmm. and they contain a variety of produce but we're providing all of this fresh produce and all of these fresh foods and we also need to understand that just providing these foods isn't enough we also want to educate our agencies and our neighbors and empower them so we have the dietetic intern program as well and these are students from Vanderbilt and Lipscomb University that are studying to become registered dietitians. Mm -hmm. And they've already completed their undergraduate degree in dietetics or nutrition. Some even have a master's, but now they're spending about 1,200 or so hours in the community and clinical setting so that they can really come out, educate the community, learn as much as they can before they can become registered dietitians. Mm And at Second Harvest, they are doing a lot of community nutrition, and that blends into our nutrition outreach program, which is providing nutrition education to our partner agencies, Mm -hmm. whether it's on-site cooking demos or recipe cards, just so we're not leaving people with a bag of kale that they may not know how to use. You know, so we want to come in and educate and empower our neighbors because at the end of the day, Change isn't just going to happen when we provide people food. It's going to happen when we educate and empower folks, too. So the dietetic interns doing a lot of the heavy lifting on that Mm -hmm. as well. I love that. Mm -hmm. It helps them and it helps Second Harvest and the community. Is there specific educational information given out to partner agencies, for example, who serve older people? Or partner agencies who serve uh, new mothers or young families, things like that. Is it Does it differ? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we always want to be cognizant about where somebody is in the lifespan or maybe what unique circumstances they're experiencing. Because nutrition, it changes from birth to adulthood to when you're a senior yeah. or maybe if you're expecting a child. And so all of those things have to be taken into consideration yeah. and... As a registered dietitian myself, I try and mentor the dietetic interns as best as I can to help meet people where they're at, whether it's the stage stage of life that they're in or whether it's the type of cooking utensils they may have in their home. Just really ensuring that we craft a nutrition education session that is unique to the person and individual so it can have the most impact. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned earlier, possibly even the cultural situation. Mm-hmm. Some people mm-hmm. in specific neighborhoods might tend to prefer different foods. Exactly. Different things that are part of their culture. Exactly, which is why client choice is so important. And so oftentimes when we think of food pantries, you know, we think of somebody assembling a box mm-hmm. and then giving it to somebody who may be struggling with hunger. Mm-hmm. But Oftentimes those boxes, the person who's on the receiving end of it, they don't have say of what's going in the box. So 
For example, what if you're allergic to peanut butter and you get peanut butter in that box? You can't reuse that peanut butter. Yeah. So client choice essentially provides some level of choice to the person who's receiving the food, Mm -hmm. whether it be a list that they check their preferred foods off of or they come in and they pick their foods. But with culture, culture is so... It's very complex, and every person is the expert of their own culture. They are the expert of their own health, and they know what foods suit them best. Yeah. So we will do the best to source foods like lentils or chickpeas and more culturally responsive foods, but ultimately we want our neighbors to be able to have a say over the foods that they're picking because that's how we can be the most culturally responsive. It's by us intentionally sourcing foods, but then also it's by encouraging our partner agencies to provide some level of client choice to the people receiving the food. And to make sure that it's overall nutritious. Exactly. exactly. And meets the nutritional needs. Mm-hmm. Of every individual. Okay, that's very good. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Amy Kazi, the Senior Manager of Innovation and Nutrition with Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee. And we're talking about um, nutrition. And I like the innovation part of that title. I really like that. Mm -hmm. So talking about making sure that the food that people get sourced through Second Harvest Food Bank is nutritious. Why is that so important? Absolutely. So something that we know from research and just general knowledge is that people who are experiencing food insecurity, they are at risk. They're at a higher risk of getting chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes or hypertension simply because they aren't able to access healthy, nutritious foods like somebody else would. Something that we know from literature is that People struggling with food insecurity, they they have competing financial priorities. Mm-hmm. So they have a set amount of funds that they get every single month, like most folks do. Mm-hmm. And they have to think about, okay, am I going to pay for rent this month? Am I going to pay for medication this month? Or am I going to pay for healthy groceries? Mm-hmm. So, you know, eating healthy food is expensive. It's very expensive. I need some salmon and I need some kale Mm -hmm. and I need some stuff to to make a healthy meal. Yeah. That's a lot more expensive. It is. It is a lot more expensive. And if you don't have the education to buy healthy foods on a budget, that can be even more difficult because there is a way to eat healthy on a budget, but not many people know how to do it. Right. So that education component is really, really important. Mm -hmm. But because a lot of people experiencing food insecurity are allocating their funds to things other than food. Like shelter. Like shelter. Things that they need to live. Only so much money is left over for food. And so they may get fast food or they may go to a local convenience store and that's totally fine but at the end of the day we know that it has a more detrimental effect on our health Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of folks that are struggling with food insecurity they are at higher risk of developing chronic diseases like diabetes Mm -hmm. or hypertension oh wow yeah and so we as the food bank, we like to be cognizant of that. And so we want to meet that intersection between hunger and health 
because at the end of the day, health shouldn't be a privilege. Everybody should have the opportunity to achieve good health. And we always want to keep that in mind and provide those nutritious foods and education in addition to help achieve good health. Instead of just here's some food to keep you alive, Mm -hmm. here's some nutritious food to help your health improve, and here's some education to help you make better choices so you can get nutritious food even on a more limited budget. Exactly, because it can be done, and there's always that misconception that eating healthy is expensive. And right now in this economy with inflation, it is expensive, Mm -hmm. but there are ways to do it that are cost-effective and that our nutrition team can help with. Do you find that there are specific qu- questions that come back up the chain to you that your your dietetic interns ask you that people have asked them? Yeah, I think one of one of the biggest things is that they do not think shelf-stable foods are nutritious. Oh. That has always been a misconception and I feel like those foods have been stigmatized for a very long time and deemed as being unhealthy when in reality, it's almost the same nutritional value. They're just, you know, they're in a different form. So there are ways, there are ways to make these foods healthy. So for example, if somebody has a can of green beans that may not be the low sodium option, which is totally fine, what you can do to reduce some of the sodium is wash wash the beans. So rinse like them off. rinse them off. It's going to take some of the sodium off. It won't take all of it off and that's okay, but it's going to take some of it off. Right. So if you are somebody who is struggling with hypertension and may also be struggling with food insecurity and you receive some canned green beans, those are a great nutritious option to eat. And If you can choose like a low sodium version or no sodium version, Mm -hmm. even better. Yeah. Things like dried beans or dried lentils, canned meats. Those are all nutritious options. And at the end of the day, we want to meet people where they're at. We know, you know, statistically and factually what helps achieve good health, but not everybody is going to be able to do a 180 and get a whole bunch of money and go buy all these healthy foods. Yeah. So how can we meet them where they're at? How can we understand their circumstances and cater our approach to maybe teaching them how to choose healthier options out of food pantry or maybe teaching our partner agencies how to source healthier foods from mm-hmm. us? So it's all about education and it's also about destigmatizing a lot of these foods. Amy, has Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee always been focused on nutrition or is this something that they've kind of been trying to bring along for a while and it's finally developed into a good mm-hmm. full-blown program? Yeah, so I think the food bank and nutrition go hand in hand and it's something that has been a focus for a very long time. I'm not the first registered dietitian on staff. We've had a couple more before me. So Second Harvest has always prioritized nutrition because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, just because, you know, we're working with people in the community that are experiencing hunger, it doesn't mean that nutrition should not be at the forefront of what we do. And we shouldn't ever just, you know, provide just whatever food comes our way. Here's some stuff. 
Exactly. We want we want to make sure that we're keeping in mind the nutrition content of foods. Okay. If someone who is listening is dealing with not having enough food, mm-hmm. having a hard time putting food on the table, or thinks that they might need some help, what should they do? And then if someone is listening who thinks I might like to help support mm-hmm. this cause of helping our neighbors learn more, eat better, be healthier, mm-hmm. how do we get involved? How do they get information? And then how do we get involved? Absolutely. So if somebody is in need of food, we encourage them to visit our website and use our Find Food tool. So the Find Food tool essentially has majority of our pub- of our partner agencies on there mm-hmm. and So, for example, if you're in Wilson County and you're in need of food, you can put in your zip code and I believe your county as well. And then you can see a list of all the partner agencies near you that you can receive food from. Oh, good. So, great tool. We also have our mobile pantries, which, again, are those large-scale distributions where folks can get a lot of fresh items and pantry staples. So, we have that schedule on our website as well. And to find Second Harvest, what, what would I Google? Uh, secondharvestmidtn.org. Okay, so that's the website. Yes. And the Second Harvest MidTN or Second Harvest Tennessee, would that show up? If I yes, Google it? yes, exactly. It should show up. A lot of times people are not going to remember the websites, but man, I can use Google like a I know. Like a monster. Don't put in just Second Harvest. Put in Second Harvest of Middle Tennessee. There are Good. many Second Harvests in the U.S. <laughs> Good. So we want this one. And yes. that's where we're going to get all the information to find the help that we need. Exactly. And then if we want to help. If you want to help, gift time. So come volunteer with Second Harvest. We're a very exciting organization to come volunteer for. Our volunteer engagement team has done an incredible job just streamlining the entire volunteer process. So you'll listen to fun music while volunteering and helping the community. Give fun. So $1. Give food. So donate foods. We are always on the lookout for peanut butter and canned chicken and canned tuna and canned beans. These are great nutritious items to donate and also gift funds. So no donation is too small. One dollar is equivalent to four meals. Because you have big buying power. Exactly. Ultimately. Okay. Anything else that I've neglected to ask that you think is important to add about Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee? You know, I think I think our mission, our mission is very unique and it's something that we're ensuring we're not only looking at the short term immediate need, but we're also looking long term. So our mission is to provide food to people facing hunger and work to advance hunger solutions. So that first part of the mission is ensuring that we are meeting that immediate need in the community because People are hungry now, and we need to ensure that we're addressing that need and getting food to people that need it. Now. Now, exactly. But then we're not just looking short term. We're looking long term as well, because advancing hunger solutions is even more important than providing food to people facing hunger right now. Advancing hunger solutions means that we we're going to continue doing this work, but ultimately we want a hunger free community because when we are providing food to people facing hunger, it means there is somebody out there who is not thriving, who's not reaching their full potential, who does not have adequate funds to maybe go out and buy food for themselves. And so 
as the food bank, we are going to try and look to the long term as much as we can, but we're always here to address the short term as well. And we also have some really exciting annual events that show up almost every single year. So first of all, we've got Generous Helpings, which comes around in April. This mm-hmm. is a food and wine tasting event. Do so I like it if, already. Exactly. If you're a foodie, please come. And also we've got Stars for Second Harvest, which is one of our concerts at the Historic Ryman Auditorium in June. So remember those two events, mark those on your calendar every year, and remember to give time, give food, give funds. Thank you so much. Hey, Amy Kazi, she is the Senior Manager of Innovation and Nutrition, Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee. Thank you, Amy. We'll post more information on our Mix929 Facebook page so you can get info that you need about Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.